0: Uh, as the World Series champs have been reigned and transitioning nicely into my favorite part of the season, uh, sports season, that is, and that is the NHL. <laughs> Man, we are so f-
1: God!
2: I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback i Brady has my vote for the greatest to ever laid him up, Tom Brady. Greatest of all time, she got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. I'm supposed to be a franchise, player. we're in here talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Monsieur Mangus, coming to you live from the nation's capital. Excited to present you Episode 30, Town USA. End of Regulation is here to provide you with a week-by-week breakdown of everything that is sports and entertainment. We seek to provide you, the follower, with hot takes based on facts and stats, not opinions or favoritism. Bringing you the coverage you want, need, and deserve, but in in order to do so, to put money in your pockets, and more importantly, to get off. We need you to make sure to check us out on social media at TwitSit, uh, at End of Reg, the gram at End of Regulation, and our new website, endofreg.wordpress.com forward slash. We'll make sure to continuously keep you posted uh, and continuously add blocks. Something new that we're playing around with, so we hope you enjoy wouldn't be able to do this alone, so let's go ahead and meet the rest of the brains behind the podcast. It's changing the industry one episode at a time at the head of production and still drunk from last night's celebrations, Tommy lasagna, how we doing kid?
3: We are great, Monsieur Menges. let me tell you it's finally it's in stuff it's in stone the Red Sox are champions once again Well, we'll
0: get into that uh, a little bit later, but next on the mic head of Twitter. Uh, and still noodly from Voodoo Music Weekend. How are we doing, Brent?
4: Um, I'm good, boys. Yeah, uh, just got back not long ago, not many hours ago uh, from New Orleans. Crushed a fucking nap. Uh, definitely still noodly, as you can see. That's why I'm running a little bit late this evening. But yeah, we're we're good. Let's let's talk some shop.
0: Punctuation is Brent's forte. Uh, next up, our head of security, Mr. Barrel Chest Grimes, mm-hmm. coming to you from the West Coast. How are we okay. doing?
1: We're good, boys. We're good. I'm going to say this one time and one time only, Uh, congrats to Tom and the Red Sox. Uh, Yeah, yeah. You're not going to hear that again. Congrats. That's my one time. (laughs) I will not congratulate Tom, only
4: Mookie Betts. Congrats to Mookie Betts. I'll take
0: that. I'll take that. But to go over tonight's agenda, we have to obviously cover the MLB. Uh, Tom, as a host and a Boston resident, is beyond ecstatic, so we'll, ju- we'll dive into That's that. Right. 100- 172 games later, we've crowned the World Series champ. so it's over. Uh, we can be happy about that as we move into the NHL season, which we'll be touching upon with our special guest. We'll also be talking 2018 NCAA uh, football rankings, our predictions for how the season's going to wrap up, and obviously throw a little bit of banner and buzzer beaters, as well as our synopsis of the NFL, and put a little money in your pockets of beating the bookie. So let's go ahead and jump straight into it. Um, We'll go ahead and turn the mic over straight to Thomas, uh, who will talk to us a little bit about how he's feeling uh, and how he celebrated last night for the World Series Championship.
2: (laughs) Okay, Boston Red Sox cap, I get baseball money. Boston Red Sox cap, I get baseball money. Boston Red Sox cap, I get baseball money. Nobody on base, two men out, bottom of the ninth, 5-1 Red Sox. Sale winds, he fires. Swing and a miss, strike three, it's over. The Red Sox have won the world championship. The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 5-1. They win the World Series, four games to one. And the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century with four world championships. Can you believe it?
3: Oh, uh, yeah, so last night got freaking wild. Let me tell you, I was- <laughs> by myself, like, half asleep just, like, trying to battle through it, and when I saw Chris Sale warming up in the bottom of the eighth inning, I knew that was it. That was ball game. Uh, I was so confident I posted about it to our Instagram story. Uh, very <laughs> under the influence. But, uh, we, uh, yeah, we, <laughs> nice. we fucking pulled it off. Sox in five, just like we were talking about. Uh, was, we, but we basically knew this was gonna happen, like, from start to finish. This Red Sox team was the best in baseball, um, that's not even me being cocky. Like we had the best spring training record, the best regular season record, and then obviously the best playoff record. So, quite literally, from start to finish, this team was the best, and it, it showed. And the Dodgers, great team, except Manny Machado, he's a dickhead. But the, you know, they're a good team. The dog or the the Astros were a good team, and the Yankees were a good team, and. We made quick work of three very good hundred-win teams, and I think it like it it just is a testament to this Red Sox team, the depth, uh, the coaching staff. I would put this team up in the rankings of some of the best of all time, probably right up with the '98 Yankees. Uh, this, I mean, they just did it all, and you know, that's why that's why we're the fucking best. Well, for the sake of conversation,
0: Tom, uh, we're. Talking a little bit about uh, this before we kicked off in the stew, uh, what are your thoughts on the MVP pick for
3: this series? For uh, the championship, say, I said, say. you mean Steve Price or Pierce? Oh, yeah. Sorry, Steve Pierce won it, but I think David Price should have won it. Pierce, like, don't get me wrong, it's it's crazy. This guy that was essentially you know bounced around for the first ten years of his career. Gets traded here at the deadline, uh hits a few monster home runs for us. He had three home runs in the World Series. I think he had like six or seven RBIs. So I'm not
4: Hell he had seven RBIs in just the last two games, I yeah, think. Yeah, so
3: I mean he was he was the workhorse. Like he came in, he was he was batting third in our lineup for the last three games of the World Series. Um uh, and for, Where was for he someone to, from He he got traded to us from the Blue Jays but just, like, the, the manner in which he did it and he just, like, stepped right up into his role, it's great. But what David Price did was even more impressive. Um, I love...
4: I, I got a couple quick ads. No, number one, it's, it's just really cool to see Boston finally finally get a championship, man. I feel good for you, Tom. That's that's awesome for you guys. <laughs> yeah. um, but seriously...
3: I mean, no, uh, shout-out to star. my
4: idiot friend, Grant, a.k.a. David uh, Michael Kelso. He, uh been fucking shitting on david price for two years now um obviously price has had a lot of shaky moments with a big with a big tag in boston but but yeah he shined in this series um pretty fucking special what he was able to do also uh after game four um you know after game four the Sox win uh that they were interviewing pierce who like you said you know he, he has the story with his his dad being a giant boston fan and all that you know, he pretty much came to tears, like in the interview, talking about sort of how big a moment what had just happened was for him and all that. And you know, he had to like catch himself minute minute interview and say, you know, but, but we still have one more to go. You know, we got to take care of business. Mm-hmm. And then for him to come out and just like fucking match that performance and just still be clutch as shit in Game Five, clinch it. You know, for his hometown team, his his pr- just special story. I mean, baseball is like that. You know, I think it just a lot of rabid fans and a lot of average Joe guys who just sit around and watch every game and, and his dad seemed to be one of those guys and now here he is winning championships for Boston, so that was pretty cool.
0: Tom, were you obviously uh, beyond ecstatic that they won the championship, but were you entertained by
3: the series or were you kind of disappointed how quickly it was wrapped up? Uh, I still thought it was an inter- like entertaining series. There was a lot of good baseball on. Each game was... Pretty close, and obviously they had that game three that went 18 innings, and I, I I know that's like hard to watch, but looking at that game and some of the individual performances, like Nathan Avaldi coming in, and I know he ended up taking the loss, but he came in in like the 14th inning or whatever, and he was the last guy in the bullpen. Cora handed him the ball and said, "Give us everything you have, however long it takes," and he ended up giving everything everything, everything up, you got. <laughs> He, he ended up throwing, like, 90 pitches in six innings and, and getting the loss, but being just shut out and dominant it's so late in the game, it, it was really incredible to watch. And aside from that, like, I, I I think the fact that it was wrapped up in five just shows that the, it is, again, just like, just proving this Red Sox team is incredible. The one win the Dodgers had took 18 innings. And the other games, like, really weren't even close. Game Game four was a head-scratcher at first. The Sox were down, like, 4 nothing in the sixth. And then they rallied back, like, on the back of Steve Pierce to win 9-6. I think that was probably the best game of the series. But, uh, I mean, yeah, the Dodgers came out last night and just kind of laid down, honestly. Harry, obviously disappointed with how the Yankee season
0: turned out, but... What do you think of the series? Kind of your takes on the on the uh, World Series here?
1: Yeah, I thought it was good. I, I, you know, we kind of said it uh, last week. I think it was like right after Game One that the Red Sox were just very clearly the better team. Um, you know, LA had had some good stuff. Their pitching just really wasn't up to snuff, especially like we said against a Boston, uh, ro- you know, roster or, or pitch or batting lineup that you know you could never get a break, um, top to bottom. You, you always had a guy who was a pretty good hitter. Uh, some guys who were great hitters like JD. And, and even, like, it's crazy that Mookie Betts was as, you know, he was in as much of a slump as he was, but they still had other guys stepping up, right? Like, everyone expected. Well, they, they were also, like, walking the shit out of him. Right. Like, he was he was still on base a lot, even though he, his batting right.
4: average didn't necessarily look No, the, exactly.
1: And they, they definitely respected, like, his talent and, and what he brought to that lineup, yeah. you know, by intentionally walking him when, when the situation was right. Um, but, yeah, you know. It was a good series. I didn't think it was a great series by any means, but there was some there were some cool moments. Uh, thing that that's tough for me. Um, you know, the Yankees are going to be a good team next year again. But I, I was looking at that that lineup, and depending on what changes are made in the off season, it's still a super young Red Sox team. Uh, so yeah. I, I just don't know. You know, their I saw that their favorite still win the World Series next year at like plus four fifty. Um, so they're they're you know definitely going to be the team the team to beat. Uh, they're, they're really not going to lose anyone. No one's going to get. You know, father time is not going to hit them in any way, shape, or form. So they're going to be right back in the fold so next year.
3: On on that note, we do have a lot of young talent, but I'm a little bit worried. I don't think Kimberl's coming back. He's a free agent. Joe Kelly's a free agent. Chris Sale. Joe Kelly's a badass. Chris, yeah, dude. Joe Joe Kelly is my favorite player ever. Yeah, same. He's, he's a Um
4: uh, At the moment, same favorite non brave.
3: But, like, if, if you look at the front end of our bullpen, David Price has an opt-out option next year, and he's sitting on all this money. He just, his worth is at an all-time high. So, like, we're not really sure what's going to go on there. And with all the the shit that he's taken, I would not be surprised if he just said, yeah, thanks for the money, Boston, but I'm going to go test the market. And
4: Thanks for the money and yeah, the ring.
3: And, and the ring. And then you look at Sale, he's a free agent after the end of next year and with this shoulder issue that he's been dealing with like we essentially won you know 90% of our games this postseason without Chris Sale he closed out obviously mm-hmm. the last game but like none of his starts were all that impressive or important which is tough to say but with given like his shoulder issues he's had and you know his his question about depth through the season I don't want to re-sign Chris Sale. Uh, aside, aside from the bullpen, the rest of the core of the team is pretty good. And I, I don't disagree that we should be favorites again next year. Probably going to bet that now. Excited to see how
0: things pan out for the Red Sox in the off season, Hanging up the bat uh, for the MLB and transitioning into the NCAA. We're going to talk to you a little bit about current rankings and what our predictions are for how the season is going to end. So... Let's go ahead and kick it off. We'll hand it over to Brent. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the current rankings and then his predictions for who he thinks is going to end up at the three and four seed, given that uh, Alabama and Clemson end up at one and two.
4: Yeah. Um, so obviously, the big news right now is the college football playoff rankings um, just dropped. Uh, what well, I guess today, right, or they dropped tomorrow. Mm-hmm. In fact. Um, as of right now, as far as the AP, po- AP poll goes, pretty much been this way all season long. Alabama, of course, just dominant as ever at number one. Clemson, number two. Um, everyone expects those two teams, and they should be at the top of the college, you know, inaugural college football poll of the season. Um, after that, I would estimate Notre Dame is going to fall in at number three. Um, they're still undefeated, 8-0, um, those three teams along with UCF are the only four undefeated teams Um, but UCF obviously with their easy schedule not going to make the cut this time around Uh, the number four bid probably going to go to LSU but I think in the long run looking at everyone's schedule uh, I like to give my prediction for where I think things are going to end up so I'm just going to go ahead and stamp my name on this I think uh, it's definitely going to end up Bama and Clemson 1-2 at the end of the season and then falling behind them, I am going to roll the dice and say Michigan gets it done, and UCF will remain undefeated, take the win streak to fucking 26 games, and they will be in the number four spot.
1: Shakes, thank you so much for saying that. I was looking at these rankings, and I was say I'm seeing UCF at the nine spot, seven and zero, oh, and the the committee can't snub them again, right? The amount, the amount of like uproar that there was last year, if if they say they had the their field, own which, parade. They had their own. They were national champions in their own mind, uh, which is fine. That's you know to each their own. But yeah, UCF they should be able to close out the rest of the season undefeated. I think Notre Dame might be able to do the same though. Uh, I was looking at their schedule. They played Northwestern this week, and then they go versus Florida State, and Florida State sucks. Then they play Syracuse, where Big Dick Donji might spoil some you know spoil the parade there. Yeah, uh, like that we know pick. that's always a possibility. <laughs> and then they then they finish the season against USC and. Uh, USC just had a down year. I don't expect them to really put up too much of a fight.
4: They're having a down year, but that's that's the game. And because it's late, of course, uh, the earlier you lose, if you have to lose a game, it's right. better to lose right. it early. And I think what's going to befall Notre Dame is I think they will lay an egg versus USC. Uh, they are legit. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, even though I would love to. I love fucking hating on Notre Dame. Um, but I do think that they are going to cough one up. If, and if I had to pick one, I would circle that USC game. Yeah. Just a rivalry game, you know. Anything can happen, um, and that's that's sort of what I think. So I'm I'm rolling the dice. I, I just want to Michigan. It seems like they've only been getting better all season long. Uh, finally, have a bit of an offense. It seems, uh, which makes them dangerous to go along with their defense. Mm. And then of course the UCF pick. I just I yeah. just like them to to get it done. And you, my my thing is you just can't snub a team that's won you know, 25, 26 consecutive games.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Um, the other team that I would like to see make it in, I don't know if they will, they might just be that, that first team out, uh you know, kind of bubble team, uh, would be Oklahoma. Uh, I just, you know, granted that we're only going to see Kyler Murray play so much football uh, and the guy's a, a, a special talent. I would, I would love to see him on, on the big stage like that and see how he performs. Um, with that said, I don't know if they're going to be able. I guess they do play. If they're able to win out from here on out, they played West Virginia last game of the season, um, and if they win that one convincingly, that might be enough to to propel them into the top four. Um, you know, it's obviously up to the to the the committee there, but that would be that would be a great team to see in the mix there and have the have the Big Twelve represented in the in the playoff.
4: Yeah, I mean they they obviously have always had one of the most. You know, potent offenses in the game, and uh, they're as electric this year as they were at any time in the Baker Mayfield era, so it's still fun as hell. Absolutely.
0: Well, Tom, talk to us a little bit about your picks. I know you also had Oklahoma on there.
3: Yeah, I think uh, the winner of that last game, Oklahoma West Virginia. I wanted to pull that out. I was big on Will Greer in the beginning of the year, and going back to what Brent said, like they took that one loss earlier in the year, uh, but it bounced back. And I think either West Virginia or Oklahoma should get that fourth spot, just because of you know they have these great prolific offenses, pretty much you know everything Grant just said. But I think LSU is very deserving of a spot, and I think they're going to hop. It, regardless of how this game mm, goes, you can't really hold uh, a loss to Bama against you, and albeit they're fourteen and a half point underdogs at home, so yeah. by all accounts, Bama should roll them this weekend. But I can't hold that mm. against a team that otherwise has the number five strength of schedule in the entire country. They're you know they're not playing pushovers. They're winning games, and you know they're battling hard every game. Uh, I think they just beat like Florida. They beat Florida in Florida. Um, they and beat Georgia at home.
1: Neutral they site game. Beat Jacksonville. When they were number two. They, You're talking they beat to Miami. a man who's
0: been
3: skeptical of LSU all season.
1: I know. Well, I, I know. I'm, I'm trying to hold my fucking tongue here.
3: Um, I, know, I, I mean, that, that's just biased, But like the bottom line is, this LSU team is for real. Joe Burrow has have proved. I mean, they do, They
4: have obviously the big game later on this year, though. You know. Which well, that's Bama. this
1: weekend. Yeah, that's Saturday. Yeah, so, you know, hold on to your butts for that one because that, that's going to be a hell of a game. That one's, hold your butts. Uh, hold, hold your butts. Your butts. <laughs> uh, that one's going to be the game of the week without question. I think, Tom, I think you're kind of right. So if, if LSU is able to keep it a relatively close game, I'm talking like 10 points or less, I don't think it'll hurt them too much in terms of uh, in the committee's eyes. But if Bama comes in and, and stomps them out at home or, or in Death Valley, that is, uh, I yeah. think that'll that'll do enough damage to them being a two-loss team at that point where they're just not going to, you know, as much as they might want them in there, they're just not going to be able to do it. And and they also, there's a little bit of bias because they don't want to have too many uh, SEC teams there. Obviously, you try to say, you know, we just want the four best teams in the nation to be playing in this playoff. But, you know, I, I think in, the, in an ideal world, they want to avoid having multiple teams from one conference.
0: What are your... What are your uh, Thoughts on on Georgia? Frauds.
1: Georgia is
4: legit. I mean, they just beat I mean, uh, you know they just beat a top ten Florida team in Jacksonville. Looking, looking at their schedule, the, the whole deal. They
0: face a number eleven C Kentucky, Auburn, UMass, and the Georgia Tech to wrap up their season. But
4: they also would have to play Alabama in the SEC championship right. game, which they'll likely lose. So that would knock yeah. them out.
0: No, I'm I'm just curious about your thoughts on Georgia. I'm looking at their schedule.
1: I, I they, I really they don't. They like won't him.
4: lose another regular season game. I think. Yep.
3: I think. I think they will. I think they'll drop at least one game. I just, I've not been very impressed with Jake Fromm this year. He's been inconsistent, to to say the least. A lot of like, really poor decision making, and, I, I, I know Auburn's sitting at five and three. Georgia Tech can score a lot of points, and that's what you're going to have to do to beat this team. I just don't like Georgia. I don't know why. Hey,
4: I while why. we're – thank you for bringing up Georgia Tech. Um, second shout-out of the of the night to Grant and all his fellow Tech fans. <laughs> um, Georgia Tech – I just – I have to say this on the air. Georgia Tech completed zero forward passes for a grand total of zero yards, obviously, in their game versus Virginia Tech on Thursday night. And they scored fucking forty nine points and beat the shit out of Virginia Tech. <laughs> zero, zero completed forward passes. Forty nine points. Gobble. That is nearly impossible. So I just had to had to give that a quick shout out. Also on the topic of Georgia's schedule, um, insane to see Kentucky uh, sitting at number twelve right now. Um, they're seven and one. Um, I can't remember who their lone loss was to. At this they're, point, they're but at now, uh, they,
1: they lost. They lost to A and M.
4: Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, Texas A and
4: M at A and um, So, yeah, that's impressive season for them. And also, UVA, a second basketball school, has officially moved into the top twenty-five this week. Uh, two loss, six and two, UVA team. Yeah,
1: it's going to be interesting, nice. man. There's a, there's a lot of big games that that are going to you know obviously play a factor in how this all unfolds. Uh, that SEC championship game might be enough to bounce someone out of uh, or you know specifically Georgia, um, so even if they do get a look into the top four, I think Alabama's going to bounce them right out and, and that might make way for like a UCF to to get their in uh, their that 's that's, that's exactly what i'm yeah. what i 'm thinking
0: Well, any last thoughts on uh, college football before we transition over to a little bit of professional football?
4: No, let's hit it. All
0: right, very nice. Uh, So on the topic of football, we'll transition over to the NFL. Um, Got a little bit of a beating the bookie segment, but we've got a little bit of uh, a pre-segment banner talking about some of the highlights of what we've seen, what we're liking, um, and some recent breaking news that came out of Cleveland. So kind of top of the docket uh, right now is – the Cleveland Browns. Um, they've gone ahead and fired their head coach Hugh Jackson and their offensive coordinator Todd Haley. Haley, yeah, Haley, yep. yeah. Um, so <laughs> Hugh Jackson has been there for about two and a half years now. Um, <clears throat> he has helped the Browns double their wins this season uh, after a devastating <laughs> after a devastating zero sixteen season last year. Um, so, wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on. This move and, and what you think is going on in the Cleveland organization.
4: I mean, it's about fucking yep. time. Uh, he in his first season there, he was one and fifteen last year. He was obviously zero and sixteen this year with you know a, a highly serviceable offense and as well as a defense to go along with it. Um, they've won two games, but they've they've been in nearly the sign of a good or bad coach is is whether or not you can close out close games. If your team is competitive, you're in close games, which the Browns have been in nearly every single time they've lined up this season, and you can't close them out, that's just a sign of bad coaching. So I think this year really stood out as, as just, man, it's time to let this guy go. He just cannot get the job done.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're sitting at 2-5-1. and one. As Brents alluded to, they've had a multitude of overtime games where they've just not been able to close it out, uh, and I think it's about time they, they change it up, you know? I want to see I want to see Baker actually win some games out there. I want to see him prove some people wrong. Yeah.
3: Well, I think that's the the biggest issue. with This is you're bringing in this rookie quarterback. You get him all accustomed. Probably the two most important guys in that franchise for Baker Mayfield were Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. And now you're going to bring in some re- well, not n- random coach. They promoted Greg Williams to head coach. Mm-hmm. So they're bringing you know an internal guy up for now, but what is this going to do to Baker's development? And it's just not a good move when you're trying to groom this kid. And, and for the first half of the season, you've been telling him, do this, do this, do this. And then you just rip all that, you know, out from underneath his feet. This is not what they need. Um, I, I'm pulling for him, obviously. But this is, you know, just such a Cleveland Browns move. You know, like they just have so- some sort of spark. You know, they're they're starting to almost ride right the ship. And it's, it's, it's like they just pressed the panic button all, all of a sudden and fired <laughs> they fired both of them. Like, I don't know why they yeah. fired both. That's it's the, the question here. It's a Cleveland curse. I mean, do you think do you think that this is going to
0: help them uh, at least get to a 500 season? Or do you think this is going to be just kind
3: of a downward spiral? From there <laughs>
4: from
3: I don't now? think they're going to win another no, game. I, I,
4: Oh, come on, Tom. They're definitely going to win a couple more games. Uh, 500, no. But I would say, I mean, with with a serviceable interim coach, they have a chance to, to get to five or six wins at best. Um, and uh, another funny little point, I think uh, this marks either the fifth or uh, sixth consecutive fucking coach that has been fired for the Browns after the second Steelers game of the mm-hmm. season. Um, so going all the ba- all the way back through like Mangini and whoever was like right before him, all the way till now with Hugh Jackson, um, that second Steelers game of the season is just a bitch for these <laughs> these Cleveland coaches. Dude,
3: I don't think they're going to win another game this year. I'm looking at their schedule; they, they're not going to win another game. They played the Chiefs, the Falcons, the Bengals, the Texans, the Panthers, the Broncos. They're not going to win again. Well, they're fucked. <laughs> The, uh, on, the,
0: on the topic of the Steelers, uh, they went ahead and beat the shit out of Cleveland this past weekend, 33-18, to 18. Uh, a lot in part to efforts from James Conner, uh, who has been in replacement of Le'Veon Bell. So this kid is Le'Veon a prayer. Uh, like, see what I did there? You like that? Nice. No. Uh, <laughs> he, he had another stellar performance um, this weekend against Cleveland. And the question still kind of remains, uh, and that's what I want to kind of chat about is, you know, where does Le'Veon stand? Does he play at all this season? Um, does he ride this? Does he ride this out, or are we going to see him, lay some up this season?
1: I
4: don't, I don't. At this point, I really don't know. Um, but I know.
0: Do they even need like, him?
4: Just like read. No, absolutely My not. my answer would be no. It, obviously, Connor. Like, how much better can you get in the stat book? Like, I know that Bell physically, maybe athletically, is is the better athlete and running back. But, um, like, there's just not a whole lot more on the stat sheet that you can do than Bell is do or than uh, James Connor is doing right now. And he's he's doing exactly what what is needed in the offense. They're clicking now, whereas early in the season, you know, they were they were a little stale. It was mainly just their defense couldn't fucking stop anybody. Um. So, no, I don't think they need Bell right now, and um, I really don't know if he is going to lace them up this season. So Con- Connor is doing just fine. They're still a threat in the AFC, that is for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're sitting at number one at four and two right now. Um, they've got not necessarily a-, a difficult lineup in the next coming weeks with the Ravens, Panthers, and the Jags. Um, they kind of don't really face – Formidable opponent, opponent until uh, later on, like November sixteenth, when they face the Patriots. Um, so, I don't know.
4: They're four two and one with a tie, and they—I mean—they've won. They're winners of three straight, yeah. though. So, they—they're clicking right but it, now. But for it's sure. interesting,
0: right? Because you know we've seen a bunch of stuff on social media, and granted, it is social media. Um, so you got to take everything with a grain of salt. But people kind of pressing the fact that like they need Le'Veon. Uh, you know, back on the field. I don't know whether that's just for like a veteran presence or or
3: just for sheer sure you know, fact that they want to I see mean, him ball out. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that Le'Veon Bell is probably the most athletic and dynamic player on that team. And Connor's been more than serviceable. He's been one of the top running backs in the league, frankly. And the numbers he's putting up this year, like Le'Veon Bell, has never done this through the same seven games at any point in his career. And Connor's doing it as a rookie, which I think speaks to his abilities, but you're not going to want to go into the playoffs going to you know Denver or New England or Kansas City, and have to you know be limited in that sense. like Le'Veon Bell is just a different animal, and he 's a different nightmare. He's a nightmare Correct. matchup to take yeah. a turn from the NBA, yeah. and that, I mean they need him if they want to win a Super Bowl. But I, at this point, I don't know if it's going to happen. Well, speaking of speaking right of
0: matchups, there's a bit of a matchup going on down in Tampa Bay uh, with Jameis and Fitzmagic. Uh, a little bit of uh, who deserves that QV one slot. We saw Fitzmagic light it up in the beginning of the season. Uh, we we've posted pictures of him stepping up to the podium, just dripping in swagger, um, and so. We want to kind of talk to you guys a little bit about our thoughts on that, Harry.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think this is much of a decision they need to make. You just stick with Fitzmagic. Um, they they picked him today. Oh, no, they did. Okay, yeah. So, and, and it's just, it's such an obvious thing, man. The, the offense seems to thrive a little bit better with him. Jameis, man, he's still young. He's twenty five years old. He's been in the league four years, but he's regressed almost every year. And I think I think if anything, it's good for them to sit him, kind of. To help him grow in, in a weird way, because forever James Winston has been like the shit. You know, he's like number one recruit out of high school, Florida State national champion, uh, top three pick. I forget which one he went and and so he's kind of always had this big ego, and that ego has kind of been his downfall, I think. And that's why he just seems to never have gotten better. I think in the four games he's played this year, he's had ten interceptions, which is a completely unacceptable thing uh, as a as a top quarter, a first round pick quarterback. Um, And so Fitzmagic, I mean, who cares, man? I don't know if he's he's like 35, but if he's throwing it the way he's doing it, you know, Deshaun Jackson likes him better at quarterback. I mean, once Jameis came in, Deshaun was like, I want out of Tampa Bay. Um, Obviously, he doesn't share that same sentiment when when Ryan Fitzpatrick is under center. So, yeah, you just stick with with Fitzpatrick. There's no, no question. I guess
0: the more overarching question is what's Jameis Winston's future?
1: I don't know. That, that's a great question. I don't I don't know what his contract looks like. I don't really know. I mean, because of the way he's played, I don't know if like another team would trade for him. I, I mean, you're better off just waiting for the draft and getting someone out of there. Um, yeah, that's
0: what I'm saying. With the regression of his career, do you think that this is kind of like, you know, you were talking about his rise and this is just going to be the demise of Jameis Winston? I mean, R- Fitzpatrick, I mean here's Fitzpatrick's the- not going to be able to stick it out that much longer. Like you said, he's, you know thirty five years old. It's not
4: so much about Fitzpatrick as it is about right. Jameis just sucking. In he's he's played fucking fifty games, forty nine games, and in forty nine games he's thrown fifty four picks and he has thirty six fumbles. They haven't lost all those fumbles, but that's that's ninety times in fucking forty nine games that it's he's unacceptable. like given the ball. up. It's, to, it's
1: totally unacceptable.
4: Up. So that he's had plenty of time, he's what, three and a half, four and a half years into his pro career I mean when you look at those numbers you, you just cannot sustain the difference is people people want to say oh well, oh well you don't give so and so a chance, but you give this guy a chance and he sucks, but it's like dude, if you if you cannot hold on to the football for your team, it really doesn't matter like how gifted right. you are. You're just giving the other team possessions. That's the last thing you can do and win football. Games. Dude,
1: those those are fucking Nathan Peterman esque stats. Right there. Yeah.
4: I mean he's he's giving the ball up twice yeah. a game, you
1: know? Yeah, and, man. He, uh, I think his days in Tampa Bay are numbered. Yeah,
3: I, Tom. I mean, what are your thoughts? I well, first off, I was on the James train last week, which I'm now hopping off at full speed. Uh, that was that was terrible. <laughs> tuck, but, and uh, <laughs> tuck and roll, tuck and roll. To smile and wave to Jameis Winston. Uh, I hope he can figure it out because you know I do like him and. It'd be nice to see you know see him succeed, and he's shown signs of greatness. But he, he like you know, like we just said, he's basically just gonna fucking figure it out, smarten up, um, and more importantly, Ryan Fitzpatrick, back on that train uh, solely because he allowed me Flip to lock. cover cover our our lock fight last week, and uh, which
1: is such bullshit. By the way, at, come on! Me I mean, I get, I got I got dicked out of that. Deal. If if well, if, well, if yeah, it's called getting well, cucked. If, if James sucked cooked. a little bit less, he w- might have not been pulled and I would have won my bet handily.
0: Well let's go ahead and dive right into it. Let's let's chat with these people a little bit about where the money line's at. So uh just to kind of give you an overall standings uh status right now, Thomas last week uh finished up at three and six. Not great, but overall no, he's no, sitting th- at 16. Sorry, it's three, and,
3: three and three three and three. Three out of six. Yeah. Excuse me? <laughs> he was, he was so, 500
1: last week. Yeah, I
3: went three and three. So, Grimes went I, one and four. Yeah, I went one,
1: one and four. And yeah, we'll, so, we'll, we'll, we'll with that talk being
0: said, that. let's just go ahead and dive straight into it and let these people know where the money's at uh, with our Beating the bookie segment. Um, Thomas, to give you a rundown, went 500 last week and is now 16 and nine overall. Uh, so, we'll turn the mic over to him. Uh, as he is currently the reigning champ, um, to let you people know how you can put a little bit of dough in your pockets.
3: Yeah, so I punched the simple metric numbers this week, and the first, <laughs> the first lock I got <laughs> is the Pittsburgh Steelers plus three at Baltimore. And I don't know why the Ravens continue to be so overvalued, but they are not an impressive football team. Uh, they just took a beating last week in Carolina. And even though the Ravens beat Pittsburgh about a month ago, uh, they beat them in Pittsburgh, twenty-six to fourteen. Uh, I just I, I feel like Pittsburgh was kind of still figuring it out then, and since then they've won their last three games, and I think that trend continues this week, and they just go out and out-sling a Ravens offense that really doesn't have a ton of weapons.
0: Ravens suck. Yeah. Uh... Yeah,
1: no, I, Tom, I'm Baltimore I'm with you on that pick. That's that's gonna be our, our that's, I think that's gonna be our lock agreement for this week. is Pittsburgh hey. plus three. Um, I'm gonna give that the stamp of approval. Yeah, also, I just like yeah. Yeah, I bought, with, Baltimore, with the, with Baltimore's Ravis D is good, but
0: shout out to Ivy, you suck. Yeah, fuck <laughs> You Ivy. <laughs> oh, um, all right,
1: uh, I I got a I had a bad week last week, man. That was, I was, you know what? Even when I was picking those games last week, I, I did not feel super confident in them. Um, I apologize to anyone who followed me, um, but <laughs> you can't do, but, that, uh, do that, man. But uh, but you know, here we are, another week, new week. People's clean, livelihood, clean slate. Uh, my first pick is going to be Kansas City minus eight and a half at Cleveland. Uh, this is this is kind of a you know a pretty obvious pick in my mind. Cleveland ch- tends to play people close, but you know with the departures of Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. I think there's just going to be a lot of changes going on, and I just don't think that's very conducive to any team that's going about to go play the the number one offense in the league. Um, so I, I think eight and a half is plenty, uh, or is you know they should be able to cover that pretty easily. Uh, I would I would hammer that one uh, if, if you got the funds, which I do not. Um, but for those people, <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, Kansas City, take them all day. Tommy,
3: uh,
0: talk to us about Green Bay.
1: Yeah, I,
3: I like that that Kansas City pick. My only concern is, like, I feel like it should be more than eight and a half points. Uh, so I think mean, you
1: think you think Vegas is baiting
3: for that line not to open up at double digits. It just doesn't make any sense, considering yeah. all things considered. But I mean, it's all the more reason to hop on it now. We'll see how it moves. But uh, one game I think everybody needs to tune into, and it's by all means, should be the best game of the season thus far is Green Bay and New England, primetime Sunday night. Uh, Green Bay is six-and-a-half point underdogs on the road, and I kind of like taking Green Bay here. I know this goes against everything as as a Patriots fan and all I've said about Aaron Rodgers, but I think with just how he plays and the style he can just create on the go, is very bad for this Patriots defense, who is not a good defense by any means. Are you and
0: insinuating I, that Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback going into this matchup?
3: No, that's not at all <laughs> no. what I'm saying. Okay, but, oh, just, just I was just I think I think we're going to hang probably like 30-plus points on this team at home, but it would not surprise me for Aaron Rodgers to put up 28 in a loss. And just given what that guy can do, like if you look at all the games... Like he took the Rams to the wire. Um, they had a close game with the Saints, and it, it, like it just seems like if you know the game's within reach in the fourth quarter, Rodgers is going to make it interesting. And I think uh, a, a touchdown difference between these teams is just a little too much. So I'm going to probably take the Packers plus six and a half.
1: Um, hey, any thoughts on that? I think I, I don't know. I don't really have many thoughts on that. I'm not. I'm not going to touch it to be honest. I'm not really sure which way that one's going to go. I think it'll be a high-scoring affair, uh, without a doubt. Um, But that's about all I'll say on that. Um, My last pick for this week is going to be Denver minus 2.5 versus Houston. Although Houston has been rolling and Deshaun uh, Watson looked great last week. He had more touchdowns and incompletions. Um, Losing goal forward is going to be a big hit to them. That that pretty much is the only other uh, receiving factor that they had on that team. And so now this will give the ability for Denver really just to double cover DeAndre Hopkins all night. Not to say that he won't have his catches and his moments, uh, but Denver's defense is nasty. Uh, I was looking up the stats earlier. Deshaun Watson has been sacked 26 times this year. He's been sacked on 9% of his dropbacks, which is a pretty fucking insane stat. Uh, and that's, that's yeah, second wow. only to Eli Manning, who's been sacked 31 times. So if you really mm-hmm. compare the two guys, obviously Deshaun is a very mobile quarterback, but even as a mobile quarterback, he's still getting sacked about a ton. Um, and so I think Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller are going to be able to go off on that uh, and, and be able to shut down that Houston offense. Um, and so I had, a, I had a bit of a pop quiz. I was, I was digging into the into the stats on this one. Um, of the starting quarterbacks in the league, who has been sacked the least amount of times? Um, there, there are three guys tied at nine sacks apiece.
3: Tom Brady. I would bet Brady's one of them. Brady's one. Aaron Rodgers.
1: Nope.
3: Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-mm. Um, uh, what about Dak Prescott?
1: No, I'm gonna. Uh, I'll give you like two more no. guesses. And I'm just gonna tell you because your you guys boy lose.
3: Blake Bortles.
1: Hell no! Absolutely not. He's been sacked a million times. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's gonna be beans. it's Tom Brady, uh, Drew Brees, and Philip Rivers, which is interesting because they're all a very old, more or less pretty immobile, except for uh, Drew Brees. Um, but the thing is, man, they get the ball out quick, and they've got pretty fucking stout offenses. So. I was, I was pretty interested to see that. Not a single mobile quarterback yeah, was uh, was funny. a part of that list. So that's all I got for this week.
3: Tom, any last pitch for the week? Yeah, I got one more um, that I'm going to be invested in. I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons plus two at Washington. Uh, I'm actually going to be up at the Skins game this weekend. Uh, catch me on the 50-yard line. Chilling hard. But... Uh, cool aside from the week 1 loss that the Falcons took to the Eagles, the other three games they've lost to have just been shootouts to the Saints in overtime. They lost to the Bengals by one point and they got their shit pushed in against Pittsburgh, but I mean that's Pittsburgh. But what that's telling me is that if, you know, they're not going to they're not going to go down easily, but if you can outscore this team by like a lot of points, you know, Twenty, twenty-one, twenty-four points isn't going to cut it. You need to put up thirty-five plus against this team, and I just don't think that the Redskins can do that. Uh, their offense has just been very up and down, um, and I don't think it can compete with an Atlanta Falcons offense with the likes of Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Muhammad Sanu. That whole corpse. It's it's just gonna you know it's just not a good matchup for the Redskins right now, and. I've learned enough since being down here in Richmond that the Redskins are destined to go 500 and at 5 and 2 right now they're basically just like due for a loss this week. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to be safe and take the points, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be against taking a money line either on Sunday.
0: Very nice. Well, uh I will rack up, wrap up this segment uh with a nice little uh insight. Uh, a little battle of the branches. We've got Air Force versus Army coming up. Um, this is the Mountain West Conference. Super exciting, mind-blowing, I'm telling you. Really good stuff coming at you. Army's got a nice little team assembled this year. Air Force is coming off of a uh, pretty bad loss to Boise last week, 48-38. to 38. Um, So I have uh, Army at minus 6 i um, thinking that they're going to go ahead and get this done. i um, not really worried about uh, them losing to Air Force. So go ahead and get your money in now, like right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, let these people go get us on some video games. Uh, we'll go ahead and kick that off right with our Red Dead Redemption versus Black Ops 4 uh, poll that we threw up on Instagram I'm going to go ahead and pull it up right now, give you guys uh, a breakdown. This is really in regards to what I'm going to go ahead and buy. Tom is on the Call of Duty side, Harrison and Brent on the Red Dead Redemption side. Uh, So this is kind of the determining factor, 2018. Mm. Red Dead 47, Black Ops 53.
1: Whoa. There There you go. All right right well.
0: before I checked it, before we started recording, it was at 50-50, so somebody went in. I think Tom rigged the... Uh... <laughs>
1: yeah, Tom just made that's a bunch a, of yeah, burner accounts. accounts. Tom Tom just meddling in our fucking no, video game just, elections here. just the general Election up, rigging. Tom is a Russian. Public. Yes, <laughs> he's
0: a Russian. Dotos. Well, in other, uh, in other interesting news, stumbled across uh, a little bit of an interesting fact today. Uh, And that is that Apple launched a clothing line back in 1986, uh, and it was described as an absolute train wreck. I'm going to go ahead and throw it up on our Instagram story uh, for you all to peep. It is quite horrendous, but I think in 2018 that shit would pop off. Like, every single person and their mother would be rocking that stuff. Uh, Like, every SoundCloud rapper, like, everybody. Um, So we'll go ahead and entertain you with that stuff. And that's really all we've got for Banner tonight. Uh, So we'll go ahead and just wrap tonight's episode up with some buzzer beaters. So, Tom, why don't you take it away?
3: Yeah, I saw today that uh, an article came out that Rick Pitino was super interested in coaching in the NBA. And I thought about it. Like, the reason he got in trouble at Louisville was, like, playing dumb for his players, like getting paid and getting hookers and doing Lord knows what. But if he took over a young NBA team, like none of that stuff would matter and he'd just be allowed to do what he loved and he was an excellent coach, don't get me wrong he just had talent thrown his way and he made a, a lot out of it and if you, if you give him NBA talent he's going to make a lot out of that, he just isn't liable for their actions So
4: Rick Pitino just got off in a bathroom in the amount of time that you just shared that quick little yeah, insight mean, dude, I'm
3: fucking, if you're not pulling for Rick Pitino then there's something wrong with you
4: Two Minute Man, you gotta
3: love him. Oh man, Harrison, what do you got for us?
1: Uh, I don't really have anything this week. I, I'm I'm a bit of a, a sad boy this week. Um, a because my picks from last week sucked, but also because my Miami Hurricanes are uh, slowly withering away with losses to um, Boston College and UVA back to back games. The, oh, uh, and How's so going, it's baby? It, Let it's that been it's been
3: haunt you forever.
1: It's been a tough, it's been a tough uh, ride this year for the for the boys. So, uh, hopefully, they can turn it around. But uh, I'm I'm certainly a sad boy this week.
3: All right. Well, Brett, do you got any tunes to make Harrison not sad? Yeah.
4: Um, as a matter of fact, I do. I I have a sad point to inspire the tunes, though. Unfortunately, uh, on this day in 2002, uh, Jam Master Jay was killed. Jam Master Jay, of, of course, of Run DMC. So we'll play you out with a little Run DMC. That'll make you happy here. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it, buddy. dance.
2: All right.
4: All right. Well, I guess Gardner has uh, departed us a little <laughs> bit early, so uh, we're going to wrap this up without him. So I guess uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, I'm hopping on the Xbox, right. boys. I don't know about right? um, you. My
2: recital. I think it's very vital. To rock around. Around. That's right. On top. <laughs> girly, her hair was kind of curly, went to her house and bust her out, I had to leave here early, these girls are really sleazy, all they just say is please me, or spend some time in rock or rhyme, I said it's not that easy.